Hi, I'm Joss. Hi, I'm Claudia. And this is the Let's Get Down to Business podcast. We're two cousins on opposite ends of the globe with a lot of opinions about figure skating. And we're here to deliver the news, recaps, and cry some more about Chinese skaters, this time about Jim Boyang and Yan Han. Well, it has been a very interesting day or two here with the men's event. Um, Welcome to our men's episode. It will be very, it'll be a ride. It'll be a ride today. (laughs) Just like this free skate that we just watched was, it was wild. I think I spent the last two groups just shaking on the couch. (laughs) It was like 2 a.m. and I was just glued to my chair like banging my leg because I didn't want to bang my table and wake everyone up and so I was like banging my leg just celebrating everything that happened and I was just like screaming to you over text even though you were asleep and screaming on um, our Twitter when things didn't go so right also when things did go right I was also screaming but I mean this voice that you hear right now is not because I'm screaming I'm still sick now I just sound like Macy Gray so like I guess that's great (laughs) It's great. We love Macy Gray. This is a plus. I love it. I mean, feel better soon, but also we love Macy Gray. Whoop. Sorry for the interruption, guys, but this is us from the editing room. And just as a disclaimer, you might be hearing a lot of birds slash cricket noises in the background. Sorry, that comes from me. Uh, But treat it as a nice ambient noise in the background, maybe. So sorry about that, guys. But all right, let's get back to the episode. But enough about me and me just whining about having a cold. Um, Let's start off with some news. I'm sure everybody now knows that Armenian skater Slavik Heyrapetyan tested positive for COVID-19, unfortunately. And this was before he left for Stockholm. Um, I think he was like the first person to come out saying that um, he withdrew or didn't wasn't allowed to compete at Worlds. Um, He has this long Instagram post um, detailing the whole event. So go check that out. Um, You know, it's, it's really unfortunate. Uh, Luckily it wasn't, you know, in the competition bubble and this was caught out uh, before, but we are wishing that he has a very speedy recovery and that um, it doesn't hit him really, really bad. I agree. And also like, is this bubble really a bubble? Like were there other people at the rink that were there? Who knows, but <laughs> maybe it was just like, you know, the the soap bubble type bubble. They were just like, we'll call it a bubble, but we're but just it's really like going to pop giving out to- in about a second. Yeah. <laughs> Did it ever really exist in the first place? Um, OK, let's move on straight into the men, because boy, oh boy, like we are so emotionally attached to so many of these skaters. It's insane. Yeah, I think we had to wait like at least 12 to 24 hours (laughs) until after the free skate was over to collect our neuroses in order to be able to actually record two operating brain cells (laughs) to our two operating brain cells that we have left to clack together for this episode. Um, But I guess the interesting tidbit for this episode is that uh, Yuzuru Hanyu and Nathan Chen are meeting at Worlds for the first time since the 2019 Grand Prix Final. That is really cool. And not to perpetuate the narrative that there are just two stellar opposing male figures in the world that are 
constantly <laughs> embroiled in rivalry against one another as the media and uh, fans like to uh, perpetuate. But uh, it's also very notable that both of them are seeking their third world title here, which is very nice. So we will definitely yeah. get to that later. But yeah, I just think it's really interesting. They have a very positive, nurturing, encouraging attitude towards one another in interviews. There's no bad blood between them. It's called healthy competition, guys. And I think uh, a lot of their fans should probably adopt the same kind of uh, behavior because they're definitely exemplars of sportsmanship. And they definitely displayed that this week. Um, and yes, yeah, two kings. So, two kings, absolutely. Two kings. <laughs> but before we talk about Yuzu and Nathan... Let's talk about some other skaters, starting with a real big surprise, Vincent Zhou. Oh, Vincent. Oh, Vincent. Uh, actually, Oof. coming into this event, he was on the roster for having the most quad attempts planned for between his uh, short program and his free skate. Unfortunately, he did not even get to attempt those quads in his free skate because his short program score was low enough such that he didn't qualify for the free skate at all. And this was definitely flashback moments to Kevin Amos at Europeans last season. Two seasons oh, ago? No. Last season? I, I don't know. what What is time? But it's definitely not something any of us expected. Um, you definitely couldn't call this one. I think I tweeted uh, Vincent not being Vincent skating to Vincent how he normally skates to Vincent. Um, which I was just like, I needed to make it. it. Sounds about right, right? Sounds about right. But, uh, it was just, it was a really, really rough skate. All of his quad attempts were not clean. The opening quad Lutz was downgraded, quad Sal was um, called under, and even the triple axle was called with a Q. He fell twice, his program components in the sevens and low eights, like this was rough. It was it was very, very rough. I felt so bad. And I think the worst part of this for me was like not even the skating because the skating was really sad and definitely not what he was looking for. And he seemed pretty disappointed in himself. But it was the fact that like a lot of news outlets like used this photo of him that he was literally oh my like flat on the ice. And it was like Vincent Joe fails to qualify for the free skate. And I was like, out of all like the 30 something men who skated, don't you have any more positive photos to use? Like that is sad and really devastating uh, and not what you I want know. plastered about yourself in the media. So it was on like USFS's page and like the major sports blogs that like Vincent will definitely see. And like, we don't get, you know, an upload of Cineman. We don't get an upload of uh, US nationals programs, but we get, pictures of Vincent falling in like he probably a really one of the most awful skates that he's ever had most likely all over news outlets online and I'm like girl he already has like the COVID quote-unquote bubble to deal with like he doesn't need this and you don't need to perpetuate it but like media is media right media is media and we will <laughs> criticize media as they put out garbage photos of Vincent like this. Um, but I guess the small piece of good news is that because Nathan and Jason placed higher than 13th together, combined placement of 13th, um, unless there is another American man that qualifies over him, 
um, to go to the Olympics, he the U.S. will keep three spots. I mean, that is conditional. So they do have two guaranteed spots to the Olympics and they are allowed to send one man to Nebelhorn to qualify an extra spot. Uh, so, I mean, I think, I think it's safe to say at this point, Nathan's got, you know, one of the Olympic spots, uh, locked and secured. And so at least, you know, Vincent has an opportunity to definitely redeem himself, uh, which I'm sure he will like go straight back to the U S and start training. Um, well, it will light a fire under his butt. So yeah, it's still very disappointing. Um, I guess it's also important to note that uh, he posted this very poetic short essay on Instagram, as Vincent does in, in his flavor. But uh, he said that this is a quote. I flew out of state to see my doctor for an ankle injury the week of my outbound flight to Sweden. But I stayed the course and never gave up. After coming back, I ran clean longs with five quads through the pain and did my best to conquer doubts. And he continues on. Um just saying that he feels bad that he feels like he failed and he's just going to keep training. So it does seem like there was an ankle thing going on for him. How much of um, his short program performance was due to that? We don't know, but I hope that his injury gets better soon and that it's nothing major. And we hope to see him back competing at his fullest. For sure. And I think this definitely brings, you know, up the, the case for, why is this world's the made the Olympic qualifier event for such an quote unquote unprecedented yes just mute me if you want <laughs> um, season because you know you know when we talk about the free program we will definitely touch on this but skate these skaters aren't prepared for a world's event and that includes our top three skaters as well like that includes them. And so to have the ISU, quote, force uh, this event to be the main um, qualifier event is really a questionable decision because (laughs) of a lot of things. You know, at least Vincent has an opportunity to redeem himself. Hopefully he can get back to the US and do some much needed rest and recovery. Yeah, I guess along that same note, just like we talked about in our pairs episode, um, just our previous episode before this, there was so much like disparity in how much ice time each pair got. Like literally we were talking about how Zoe Jones had gotten like 23 days on the ice or something like that before she came to compete. And like we saw that she just didn't have the preparation time, right? And like Sway and Han only had what, like eight weeks to prepare before they came to Worlds. Like it just seems like athletes were so pressured to come because like the risk is that they don't qualify for the Olympics or that someone else from their country that is probably really well deserving doesn't qualify for the Olympics and all that weight falls on their shoulders. So I think that it was not a great decision. (laughs) Obviously, like Claudia said, we don't have a lot of power, but not a great decision in my eyes because yeah, not good, not, not safe, not healthy. The field is heavily, heavily imbalanced. For example, like the Italians had their Italian Grand Prix all season. They had the opportunity to compete and have ice time. The British definitely didn't have the opportunity for ice time at all. Canadians didn't have competitions this season at all as well. People in different areas definitely affected differently by their country's response to COVID and obviously the availability of ice rinks to them. So like, it's just, I think all athletes will agree that the best competition is when everything is on an, on an even playing field. 
Even if you know you're not as good as somebody who's better than you, you you always want to compete against somebody who's at their best because, you know, that's only going to lift your own game up. Like you don't feel good if you win at the expense of somebody else or like because somebody else isn't as you know prepared when their preparation isn't in their own control. So yeah, I mean, we do understand that it's a difficult situation, but we also think that it could have been handled a lot better. And it was definitely not here. Bubbles. <laughs> yes, like Sorry. with a real bubble and maybe more qualifying yes. events. But anyways, not to belabor that point, but why don't we move to some skaters that we want to make a note of. Um, some of our favorite skaters actually ended up skating pretty early on in both the short program and the free skate. So I guess the first one that we're going to touch on, one of my oh personal faves, uh, Alexi Pachenko from Israel. Captain and uncle. Captain and uncle. Who has both of those titles? Very few people, but Alexi does. He wears all the pirate hats. <laughs> <laughs> As they say, when you are an adult, you have to wear many pirate hats in your in your day day to day life. <laughs> so Alexi's short program wasn't all that bad. Really, wasn't all that bad. He did skate quite early on, but it was it was relatively okay. Um, a solid triple lords triple toe combination. Uh, managed to pull off the quad toe and a big gorgeous triple axel to open. But I think we were both just hanging out for his free program which is to Pirates of the Caribbean we've mentioned this before he should skate to this until like he can skate no more but really it was not the pirates that he or we were looking forward to oh my gosh this program slaps okay like I think it's one of my favorite programs this season and this like I'm not just saying that like it's literally one of my favorite programs to watch but at this point in the men's free skate okay so the men's free skate was basically like the first two groups like something was happening on that ice we needed to sage the ice everyone on twitter was like sage the ice sage gifts everywhere get the cursed energy out of the ice and unfortunately he was one of these folks that skated on unsaged ice before the last two groups skated and it was just really not his day unfortunately which is really sad because it's one of my favorite programs exactly and like before you come at us going oh pirates of the caribbean really y'all go listen to that music edit because it is new it is fresh but it is still pirates and it is great plus the costume it slaps i will not accept any wrong exactly but you are entitled to your (laughs) wrong opinion we will say that um it's true and even the costume slaps like we love uh non-kitsch dedication right anyway so yeah He had four deductions in the end, only scored 112.40 for the free skate. It was rough. And I feel like, um, especially by the middle of the program, when he fell, he would stay on the ice for like quite quite an extended amount of time, as in compared to what you normally would see when somebody falls. He was winded. Uh, Legs were all over the place, clearly, you know, built up with lactic acid and just... The poor guy looked like he just ran up Everest. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really hard to see him struggle because like when that program is on, like it is on. the program itself slaps, but like it double slaps. That is a Pokemon move, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa used double slap. Short program um, next year is for sure um Pokemon soundtracks for a short program. And if you hear this in our uh, taking recommendations, Pokemon soundtrack, got to catch them all. I need to stop talking about this. Um. (laughs) 
Anyway, um, yeah, he did end up 24th overall. Disappointing, but, you know, I think this is very much affected by lack of training availability and just this whole situation, right? But I think that I'm still so glad that we got to see him at Worlds, regardless of how he did. Um, He's just such a fan favorite and... Like, we love yes. him. It was the unsage dice. I'm going to go with that. Oh, for sure. And this, like, happened to so many people. Like, for example, Nikolai Majorov. Hearts out to him. He had such a rough free skate. It also oh, happened no. to... He oh, was so upset. He, he blocked his ears in the kiss and cry in the free skate. And I was just like, oh, if it wasn't... Literally oh, broke my heart. I couldn't I watch know. it. It was so bad. I was like, can we not have cameras on him? Like, this is really, really like, sad. I want okay. to reach through the camera and give you, like, a non-contact hug. Cause, or, like, maybe let's just throw a squishmallow at him. That would solve everything, right? That would solve every. It solves everything for me, at least. But let's move on to somebody who did have... You know, a really actually quite a great competition. This is Donovan Carrillo. Don, okay, so first of all, qualifying for Worlds was quite the journey for Mr. Carrillo. Um, however, his short program, uh, Skated to a Jazz Medley, was yes. really, really nice. Uh, his triple axle was really solid, then a triple X, triple toe, a little bit wobbly on the end there, but and then a really solid triple flip. It was a great short program. And his pink shirt suspenders outfit, was so on point. It was is very him, very Donovan. Very Donovan. I mean, his smile is so infectious and contagious, which are the wrong adjectives to use in this uh, COVID bubble situation. Oh, no. But he's just, who, like, how can you not love him? And he qualified for the free skate. It was like, he just made it, but like, we were so ecstatic for him. He Got the opportunity to skate in the free. Yeah, he put so much work into that. So happy for him. Uh, the free skate did not go quite as well as I think he would have liked. Um, some landings were a little shaky on a lot of the jumps, um, especially the triple lutz double toe. Um, you could also tell that he was getting a little gassed as time went on as well, but Everyone in the audience was just like really happy to see him. Like there was just like the the rink was abuzz with with excited energy. Hundred percent. And like the men's free skate, a lot of the people who had already finished competing, like the ladies and the pairs, were able to be in the stands and cheer everybody on. And it was just so heartwarming to hear like him get such a big cheer when he got announced. And I was just like, oh my god, Donovan! Everybody loves you. Um, and I'm sure he knows that, but. Uh, yeah, you could definitely see that conditioning was impacting him in the free skate. Uh, things like the leg wrap in his jumps getting more and more noticeable as time went on. Not a perfect performance, but still a new PB. And he ended up finishing in 20th. Damn. Twenty. Yes, Donovan. We love to love see to it. Love to see it. He just missed out it. on getting Mexico the coveted uh, Olympic spot, but he does get an opportunity to go to Nebelhorn and compete for his spot at the Olympics. We are absolutely gunning for you, Donovan. So fingers crossed, guys. Fingers crossed. He's going to throw down at Nebelhorn. This man is going to throw down. I see it now. I'm putting it out there for you, Donovan. Maybe we can just bribe the ISU 
judges to get him on board. Because, like, imagine... As other folks Really? <laughs> really? I didn't know that, you know, it happened in a sport like skating. I can just imagine Donovan at the Olympics and him just getting, like, him being so wide-eyed and the audience just loving him. Like, it'd be such an experience. All right. So why don't we move on to our next friend who took a very hard fall in his free skate. Um, That is Mikhail Brezina from the Czech Republic. Poor, poor guy. So his short program wasn't awful. It wasn't bad at all. He had um, a solid triple flip, triple toe, solid triple axel as well, but he went down on the quad salco. Okay, so I was watching the ISU stream and Mark Hanretti, who was commentating, shout out to Mark, by the way, because you were, we don't deserve you. The ISU doesn't deserve you. Um, he mentioned that a fan, like this was in the free skate, a fan was like, I feel like I've been watching um, the battle between Mikhail Breshina and the Quad South for like a whole decade. Oh, no. and I'm like, that is very, very true. That is truth right there. For as long as I have been a part of skating and watch skating, it has always been Breshina and the Quad South and just either he lands it or he doesn't. So, I mean, like, thanks for the drama, Mikhail. Um, but probably not this much drama because the free skate oofed man he went he opened up with the quad sour attempt and he fell hard on his hip like he kept his composure for the rest of the program and like yes there were like mistakes of like popping and all that stuff but he stayed on his feet everything looked looked you know to our audience eyes as everything was fine and then as soon as you know the music stopped his face just contorted with pain. And I was just like, oh, oh, I know it looked so bad. I was like, oh, God, it was it actually probably was really bad because when he got off the ice, he was like holding onto the barrier and just gasped as he got off the ice like, fuck. And like it was, <laughs> it was great because, you know, you could hear it on the live stream, but also it was awful because you're just like he's in so much pain at the moment. He felt like on his hip, like his left leg was like not having a good time. And you, you guys know how high he gets in his quad sal, like the distance he fell onto his hip. Oh my God. I would have broken it. Like I probably would have just stopped and he just kept going. And in the cardio sequence at the end, he was like rocking out. It didn't seem like anything had happened. So kudos to him. That is a seasoned competitor right there. Yes. But also, like, please rest. <laughs> snuggle please your child snuggle. and rest. Yes, maybe, like, buy your child some new shoes. Or ask Uncle Nathan. Or ask Uncle Nathan. He's got ask all that Uncle prize Nathan. money, right? Um, <laughs> anyway, our hearts go out to Carl. Hopefully it isn't too serious of an injury because that would be awful. But let's move on and talk about our favorite chaotic... <laughs> Georgian skater, shall we? And of course, we're talking about Marisi Kvitalashvili. Oh my gosh. I literally, my first thought when he was landing all these jumps, or I guess not landing all these jumps, was like, <laughs> he is the new star of spinning out because he literally spent his entire time spinning out of his jumps. <laughs> In the free skate, for sure. Oh and I texted you and I was just like, well, I'm pretty sure that the show would be like 10 times better if he was the star of that I mean, show. Facts. Like, facts. Big facts, right? <laughs> um, so the short program, let's start with that. To Amsterdam and these loud-ass pants. 
He ended up in 21st. Oh, Maurice. I'm sorry. Did I get you with a loud ass pants thing? Gosh. It just, it's not our color wheel decision that we'd make. Thankfully, the costume is much better for Tosca. In the I free. really, really. 100%. It's actually like one of my favorite costumes of all the men uh, is that free skate costume. Oh. It's, it's very nice. It's, re- it's, it's nice. I, I agree. I agree. Um, but quad sow, three turn, triple toe in the short, big step out of the triple axle, big flip out and both hands down on the quad toe. Like, ugh. 74.66 like Marisi Anna scored more than you and like yes we know that the PCS is different factoring and her PCS factoring is lower but come on <laughs> don't worry see. not his day okay in the free skate it also like it wasn't perfect but I was I was talking to you and I was just like as long as he stays on his feet and like like he can turn out and spin out as much as he wants as long as he stays on his feet you know, he has the opportunity to um, leapfrog some, you know, people. And he did. He leapfrogged from 21st to 14th. And got invited to the gala over Jason and Shoma, which I will I will express salt about later. But also, I have conflicted feelings because I love the, the Blue Genie program. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I, I, am, I mean, I am mildly confused about the gala, but, you know, for all the spinning out that he did... Who knows what was going on for him? Maybe it was just one of those things where he ran through his program maybe a little too close to competition time and psyched himself out and then it became a habit. Maybe he played too much virus basketball like in Tiffany Zagorski's Instagram story. Um, and The wrong muscles, Maurice. Um <laughs> The wrong muscles. Flexing the virus basketball muscles. And stuff. Um, if only there was an Olympic spot for arcade basketball. Although I, I will have to give him kudos for, so the majority of his landings were quite sloppy, but he was fighting for them. He was definitely fighting for them. And that's something that I think deserves some credit because, you know, people can have off days. People can, you know, not check out on time, on not in terms of flights. I mean, like check out of, of their landings. Um but I don't think he gave anything for the team to Baritza to be like extremely mad at because he definitely did fight um, for the landings to be as controlled in their sloppiness as possible. But he was one of those skaters who definitely showed how tired he got towards the end of the program. Like for example, oh, that was final gassed. he was winded. That final step sequence, it was like he was trying to give it all he could. And all he could was about 60%. (laughs) It's it's a virus basketball, I'm telling you. Too many free throws. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like we said, the ice was cursed, and that gave Marisi the opportunity to jump all the way up to 14th. So, like... It's wild. I mean, now he can, like, go back to Samba 70 and keep making TikToks with Daria and Aliona for Tupa underscore house. (laughs) Tupa underscore I can't believe this is the narrative that we have right now. Attitude per underscore house. What version of life are you we living what? now? When I wake up and I see a new Tutber underscore house TikTok, <laughs> I'm like, if my day gets bad, I know I can just watch this to cheer myself up. Oh my gosh, Aliona's like throwing it back to Toxic in their most recent Tutber underscore house TikTok. You should watch it. And this it's is great. and this is why we stand her, and this is probably also why. Even though she didn't compete at Worlds, she was getting mentions all over Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, enough about our Sambo 70 crew. 
So let's move on to our next quick mention, and that is, of course, Denis Vasilyev's. Ugh, him and his man ponytail slash man bun. It's very Mary Ashley in New York. Oh my god! (laughs) I am so glad you brought up that reference because, like, that encapsulates the whole thing so perfectly. And also, like, I was obsessed with that when I was a kid. So (laughs) shout out to Mary Kane Ashley. So Dennis skated to La Grand Tango in the short program, and I actually really like this. This was the choreography and composition of this program is so well done, and it obviously is so Stefan, it hurts. But I was a fan of Dennis's sheer shirt. Like, I actually really like this short. I mean, if you get winded and you're like working real hard, a sheer shirt will help you with ventilation. I mean, that's what we want, right? Properly ventilated shirts and masks. <laughs> that's what we want. That's what we're aiming for in this, in this climate. Um, no, I love the choreography of the short program. I'm really into the new, the Mary-Kate and Ashley, as, we, I am as too. it's now been deemed. <laughs> it was a great uh, triple flip, triple toe, great triple axel, and triple lutz. I love it. Worked out well for him. In the free skate, though, he didn't have the technical elements to compete with um, a lot of the other men in the field. And it wasn't like it was cursed ice, right? Um, It wasn't the best performance from him, but it wasn't a bad program. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy the masculine slash Romeo perspective take on Romeo and Juliet. Um, clearly he is dressed as or is portraying Romeo as opposed to Sasha Trusova who doesn't know who she who she's portraying or what she's portraying. I was laughing my head off in his group because I was looking at the live stream and right before his group goes on for a six minute warm up, I just see Dennis like chucking a huge ass yawn right as he was getting out to skate. And then midway through the program, I was like, why does Dennis like look ready to go to sleep midway through his program. And then I'm like, oh, wait, he did do a huge ass yawn right before he got on. He's just tired. He's tired of being star-crossed lovers. Why are the families fighting? It's exhausting. I understand. Mm, Yeah. Uh, But he fell on his opening quad sow. It was called under-rotated. There was a big lean on it. Um, He did do a triple axle double toe, uh, flipped out of the second triple axle, and then just I think the second half of the program just wasn't what he wanted. Yeah, the second half kind of really fell apart. Uh, He landed double-footed on his flip, fell on the Lutz. It was just not not his day compared to the short program. Short program was a lot better than the free. Definitely. But I think we're excited. Like, I think his packaging is really, really good. Uh, It'd be really exciting to see him up his technical content or at least like, um, like similar to Jason, you know, get that one quad re- like clean and done and good because then we know his components, like if he skates a clean program, his components will help him out. They really will. Uh, he is very artistic. I love watching him. The Stefan choreography is amazing. He's such a mini Stefan. It's so great. We miss yeah. you, Stefan. Baby Stefan. This is going to be a very Stefan heavy episode, which I'm not complaining about, but definitely yeah. not. <laughs> not um, as day for the free skate, unfortunately. Yes. All right. Um, how about let's move on to our two Italians who managed to qualify two spots for Italy to the Olympics. So congratulations to Daniel Grassel and Matteo Rizzo. Yeah. Very exciting. These, uh, 
<laughs> this was an interesting moment uh, for oh especially Daniel and my eyesight. Uh, why don't we start with Daniel? <laughs> okay, yes, let's start with Daniel. He came in 12th overall. His short program was to dig down by Muse. That opening quad Lutz looked way too easy. I had to do a double take and I was just like, I was just like, oh, quad Lutz. And I'm like, oh, he did a quad Lutz. I was just like, I know, Whoa. I was like, is that a quad? Um, I mean, I'm not the hugest fan of his toe jump technique. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, as is evident in his combination jumps. For example, triple Lutz, double toe. It's a bit toe axily. Um, but I didn't mind his short program. He did decently well. What I do mind and was very um, impacted by, let's say, was his free program to uh, Joker. Oh, my God. Okay, let me tell you where I was at at this point in my life. Uh, So (laughs) I have some abdominal pain that occurs probably every one to two weeks, and it's actually very terrible. And unfortunately, one of those episodes was last night. So here I was at five in the morning, my time, and Daniel Grossel was skating. I was like, oh, I'm awake. I'm just going to turn on Peacock Premium here. Um, And then I just wasn't, first of all, I wasn't quite ready for the yellow vest situation that was happening with the high cream colored mock neck thing that was underneath Uh, the mustard yellow jacket is offensive to mustard yellows let me say that (laughs) oh my gosh and then and then there was the costume change and it wasn't like an Anna Sherbakova firebird costume change it was like a there was a face on his chest It was Pennywise. I I called him Pennywise Grassle in my live tweets because, like, I needed preparation for this costume change. Like, I needed some pre-warning. It already hurt to begin with, with this (laughs) mustard yellow situation happening. But then the face, and I was like, and then there were, like, gun noises in the music. I was like, in this climate, Daniel, do we need this? It was not necessary. It it could have been very different. And I'm not already I'm not a fan of Joker programs to begin with, apart from Josephine, who we'll talk about in the ladies episode. But this none of this was necessary. It could could have been rethought a lot. (laughs) Not in this climate, sir. I was I was so confused from the get go. Right. So first of all, like we don't approve of the color wheel decisions that were made. But also, I didn't know he was going for a costume change. Right. And so I texted Joss and I was just like, why does this Joker costume look like Leonardo da Vinci cosplaying as the Joker? Because he had this like um, cowl turtleneck going on like this. It looked like he was from the 1400s, but also in a Joker mustard yellow like vest. And I was like, I am so confused by this. But he did a good enough program to stay in the lead for quite some time, actually. He scored 163.38 in the free skate. Please don't keep this free skate for next year. Or at least even if you do, like, at least I'll have some pre-warning now. The shock factor won't be quite as extreme. Oh, I think the shock factor will still be there. (laughs) As that left my mouth, I felt myself wanting to swallow them back into into my system as the words left my mouth let's move on to his italian compatriot matteo rizzo and i think i really enjoy the fact that daniel and matteo have each other to push each other so hard they do both train under lorenzo magri and i think that would be such a productive and conducive environment for them to really just improve their skating and it's so great to see them being supportive of each other on social media 
And, I mean, 11th and 12th, they got two spots for Italy. So, like, I guess it's working. I guess it's working. I feel like out of everyone that was competing here, apart from Tootber underscore house, they can be Magri underscore house on TikTok. And oh I, God, I feel hey. like I wouldn't even blink an eye because these two, it's their energy. 100%. Guys, Mateo and Daniel, <laughs> if you ever want to start a TikTok, we've got None you. of us would be opposed to it. <laughs> so the short program... Uh, was an arranged piece by Luca Longobardi, and it um, he did double foot the landing on the quad toe. Triple axel was really nice. Uh, triple let's triple toe was really nice. It's just not my favorite program, and it went well for him. Yeah, I agree. And he definitely has the charisma, so we know he can perform and all of that, and definitely show that in the greatest showman free skate that he's got. Um. But so he was 11th in the short program, 11th in the free skate, and 11th overall. So at least he's consistent. 11-11, <laughs> make a wish. Oh, gosh, stop. That's also very Mary-Kate and Ashley New York minute. So And I, and I love it. Um, Mateo actually did pretty well for his quad toes. There was a clean quad toe. His second quad toe got a great cheer from the crowd. His opening quad toe was a little tight. It was in combo with a double toe. But... I think after those two elements, he was free to like perform. He did fall on the triple axle. It was kind of like a shock moment, but so close to a clean skate. So close. Very close. Um, The transition into uh, from the first song in the medley to greatest show always shocks me. Always. (laughs) Look, I think it might just be impossible to have a seamless transition to the greatest showman programs. As we've seen in Zagorski and Guerrero's oh, no. rhythm dance, it's like all these pieces of music are great by themselves. But it's by themselves, <laughs> by but it, they're just so jarring when you have like a whole program centered around the songs from The Greatest Showman. But you know what? They're so great that you you forget that the really crappy transition happened in the first place. <laughs> Anyways, uh, like we said, Matteo was 11th in the short program, 11th in the free skate, and 11th overall. And in 10th place, the coveted top 10, is our lovely Jun Wan Cha. Oh my gosh, he had such a good short program. He was 8th in the short, yeah, and he scored 91.15, and Brian was like, Brian was happy. We love Brian so much. We've missed Brian at the boards at competition, so it was great to see Brian too. Junwan, his short program was so good. I loved the speed. Uh, he opened with a lovely quad sow, great triple axel, triple it's triple loop. Hello, Anna Shevakova. Um, and gorgeously scented spins. I was like, everyone give him plus fives. And I'm like, judges, you will not. <laughs> judges, you will not. How sad is it that we get to say that so accurately? Stockholm Worlds and judging with GOEs and PCS. <laughs> A novel, 700 pages. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just so happy to see Junwan skate like this because he's been having a little bit of trouble lately, not skating mm-hmm. the most consistently. Um, he did come first at Korean Nationals, but just haven't, hasn't been having the most consistent time. And and you could tell that Brian and also he, Junwan himself, was just like so happy after the short program. I was like, oh, my small bean. I love him. Definitely. His long program, though, wasn't the best skate. But it, it did well enough to land him in 10th spot 
it was to The Fire Within by Jennifer Thomas, same music that Rika Kihira used in the short program. And I was like, June Wan, can you please get rid of these like Kendall hand gloves? Oh gosh. I do really like the cut of his music though. I think I prefer it to Rika's. Me too. Me too. I think it's very well done. I think the program is composed very, very well. Okay, let's start with like, uh, he opens with a triple flip to warm up and then he goes for the quad sow. It was right on the music. Unfortunately, it was under rotated. Um, he did fall on the triple axle double toe. It was so weird though. He did a triple, he did the triple axle and then sits down on the double toe. And we were all just like, June one. I know. I was like, what are you doing? It's such a mood though. Cause like, I totally get it. Like you do the hard element and then like you fall on a crossover. So like we get it. Oh my gosh. And then in the second triple axel, Brian was like screaming at him. (laughs) I I love the cricket so much. Um, And I also love that Ina Bauer moment. I was just like, edges. That Ina Bauer's life. There were so I many know. gifts of it. I was like, I could see 36 gifts of this and not be sick of it. Um, he was just kind of a little more sluggish than he was in the short program. You could tell that he was really, really on in the short pro- short program. And this just wasn't quite as on. Um, however, I do love a surprise open back shirt moment from him. We can always rely on June one to give us like a surprise costume moment, right? Uh, yeah. And, and like a subtle it, one, mm-hmm. not like yeah. a, not, not a, a joker program <laughs> not a surprise the, the hallmark of a great costume is does it have adequate ventilation <laughs> does it have adequate ventilation and no clowns number no one clowns, adequate please. ventilation number two no clowns that's it yes. that's all we ask for unless you want to scare the judges and like maybe you know how like some people are both short-sighted and long-sighted at the same time maybe if he shocks the judges eyes so much that they can see things clearly that would be great we'd appreciate that well, that happened a couple times in the ladies' event where the judges <laughs> were just so shocked that they couldn't see things clearly. But we'll get to that in the ladies' episode. But June One did score 154.86 in the free skate. And I found it so, it was so cute. Right before the stream cut away to the next skater, you could hear Brian going, three plus, yada, yada, yada. And they were like trying to calculate if June One could finish in the top 10 or something. Uh, or like how many places Korean men will have going to the Olympics. And if I'm not wrong, he finished in 10th place, meaning that Koreans get two places. Yeah, he unfortunately he was 13th in the free skate, but he did finish 10th overall. So yay for June one and the cricket club. Also shout out to the cricket club for like focusing and really honing in like quality edges and putting that in a program because we miss that a lot. Even if the judges won't recognize it in PCS and GOE, we thank you as viewers. We recognize it. We recognize it. If the judges if the don't judges count, judges. just like side by side, jumps don't count in pairs. <laughs> None of you count. None of you. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's move on to some people that we are definitely going to chat a lot about. Let's start off with with our Chinese men. I've literally been crying all day about this. It is I'm gonna be so honest. sad. Like just, oh. Okay, let's start with Jin Boyang. His short program to Trio 1 in D, Mechanisms by Kirill Richter. 
He went down on the opening quad Lutz. So sad. He had to battle hard to get the quad toe double toe out. Oh my gosh, the quad Lutz is his thing. I was like, oh no, he's going down the quad Lutz. This is not going to be cute. It's going to be Splatfest. Um, however, he was still smiling in the kiss and cry. That was nice to see because sometimes he gets really down on himself. Maybe it's because Brian and Tracy were there for him. So it doesn't seem like he's had them all season, but I wonder if like, is this the right time to like retool his jump technique with like a whole new coaching team? Like, I just wonder. <laughs> I don't think, I I know he's been working with Brian and Tracy like virtually for a few months. I don't think it's so much retooling his jump technique. Um, they'll probably definitely, actually definitely make a few tweaks here and there but it's def I think they know that it's definitely a bit too late to really make a huge change in his jump technique and I think he knows his PCS is the area he needs most improvement on and like I just said the cricket club pays a lot of attention to quality edges and you know those basic skating skills so you know I think that will definitely definitely help him out um, especially in the long run. He's only 23, so he can definitely last another quad. I think it's definitely still worth to um, to add Brian and Tracy to his coaching roster because the amount of change and difference a few months can make in PCS, like we saw with Genia Medvedeva, definitely definitely can make an impact. Yeah, it, it definitely can. And like I see a lot of changes, I feel like, already, just in the way that his programs are set up. His costumes have also improved. I don't know. That's Brian Tracy thing, but they definitely have. Um, unfortunately, the free skate went. Oh no! Even, it went even worse than the short program. I would say this was definitely cursed ice. Boyang skated very early, and so the ice was definitely cursed. Nothing went right for him, really. Um, and I actually really like this program for him. I think it's a really good program for him. It's got like his energy. It just did not go right he almost got the quad lots um at the start of his program but had to go down it made it even worse that we could see brian in the back like gunning so hard for him and like jumping up and down yeah the rest of the jumps really just didn't work out apart from the quad toe double toe after the quad lots fall but yeah, it was just not great. I mean, at least he was still giving it so hard during the step sequence, trying to get the audience cheering. And I was just like, oh, boying. Um, but I think the highlight really was for me, after Boyang finished, Mark Hanready was just saying the nicest bloody things about Boyang after this skate, talking about how there must be so much pressure on him considering that next year's Olympics are in China and talking about how everyone knows that Boyang can do so much better. He was like the first person to do X amount of quads and different quads in certain you know programs and all that stuff. And I was like, Mark, we love you. This is like the way to commentate after somebody has had a tough performance. It was so uplifting, um, but also didn't it didn't feel fake or like too sweet. We love Mark because he was able to give out these kind of supportive moments, but also like call out the judging and call out technique where he needed to. So like it was great. We stand Mark. Job, Mark. Uh, we also stand Boyang, but just not his day. All right, let's move on to his compatriot, one of our all-time favorites, and that is, of course, Yan Han. I think he's, like, one of my favorite men's skaters of all time, and certainly one of my favorites, if not my favorite, 
men's skater right now that's currently competing. Look, I think a lot of the skaters will agree with you on that, judging by how hard they cheered for him. Yeah, I think when he like retired slash not retired, like when folks thought he was retiring, I was like, oh, I was, I mean, I understood it didn't seem like he was very into it. He seemed, It was just so sad. So like sad. Everyone knew how much talent he had. So I guess when he came back, everyone's just like, hell yeah. But also, I guess the skaters were like, oh shit, he's coming back. He's the only person that I will tolerate a La La Land program and a Thousand Years program oh, from. And that's saying a lot. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Mar and Honda can also do La La Land, but only those two are allowed to. Only them. Um, Reserved for them. Okay, let's start with this short program to a thousand years. Monster triple axle, as always. He, I don't think he has kneecaps. I don't think he has ankles. Like, it was over-rotated. <laughs> but he, he manages to save so many of his jump landings. He stepped out of the triple flip, triple toe, um, had a monster triple look. So it wasn't perfect, but he still got in the 80s. He scored 81.52. PCS was 40.35. So yes, we cracked the 40 mark. I still think it should have been higher, but... Needs more. Nope, needs more. Cracked 40, but needs more. Judges, time to get a new prescription, shall we? And now... Oh my god. La La Land medley. I... Yuka Sato. Oh my gosh. Okay, first of all, that triple axle, triple toe. Gorgeous. Is like... Gorgeous. It is so textbook. I, I tweeted that Misha Kolida and Yan Han should buddy up together and tour the world teaching little kids like perfect technique they should skate side by side triple axel triple toes look it would probably work out better than pairs side by side jumps anyway period all of them <laughs> um there were many pockets moments in this la la land free skate but i'll take them i i love a pockets moment from him we're rightfully very attached to yan han his opening triple axel triple toe got a goe of plus 2.4 that is wild. What's more wild is how the judges didn't give him more GOE. But nevertheless, uh, we do know that this program isn't technically as difficult as I think like a lot of the field, but like the quality of each element is really what carries him. It started off so well and then just a surprise fall on the triple Lutz. Like it came out of nowhere. I was like so shocked and I was, I just screamed in to my computer. I was like, thank god it was towards the end of the program and he only had one jumping pass left which was the triple flip that he kind of stumbled on he actually did get edge calls for um both his flips that he tried in um the free skate which is fair enough because his lutz edge is so deep uh but he did score 153.79 in the free skate got a pcs score of 84.06 like, none, nothing was in the nines, and I was just like... Not enough. Not enough. Based off of where he skated in terms of the schedule, this was like an, a huge PCS score. But still, we need more. This... No. Not enough. Not enough. Nope. I refuse. Even if he skated first, he needs nines. <laughs> uh, but the worst part of this is that... Oh, I don't even want to say it. I'm probably going to cry again. Uh, he ended up 13th. And that, like, literally breaks my heart because, like I was saying, he's probably my favorite men's skater who's competing right now. And that means that he... So because Boyang was 22nd here and he was 13th, that means that China only gets one spot to go to the 
their home Olympics for men. And he was one spot away from like securing his spot, which was heartbreaking. Honestly, so heartbreaking. I'm literally devastated. And he made it even worse. Yes, we're blaming you, Han, by going on Instagram and posting like the most awesome message ever to make us all cry. He said, I did my best to qualify for the Olympics and I did my best to contribute to my strength. And although no one could tell me about the future, I will continue my career in skating, which is something I will do for the rest of my life, even if I don't show up on the field. I'll give you all a different way and I'll stop. I can't do it. (laughs) And I'll still be the best I can be. There was also, okay, in a more uh, comical light, uh, there was also this one interview that he did. I forget who it was for, but I saw it on Twitter and he called himself old. And I was like, I'm literally like several years older than you. Please don't. (laughs) He turned 25. His birthday is like three days after mine, which is like super great. But, like, he just turned 25. And he was, like, as an old person. I was like, please don't stop To be fair, he's been on the circuit for so long, it surprises me almost that he's only 25. I think he's one of those cases, like Michelle Kwan, that he might never get an Olympic gold medal, even though, like, we will gladly give to him for free. Like, he can just stand in the middle of the ice with his hands in his pockets, and we can give him a gold medal. We're like, yes, gorgeous pockets moment. Plus nine. Plus, he already deserves them anyway. Nice um, piece, yes. But he's like that case where we're just so happy that he is skating for himself now because he definitely had a rough junior career where there was so much pressure placed on him, so much so that he fell out of love with skating. And he's only back because he loves it. And the fact that he loves it and wants to continue skating because he truly enjoys it you know, that takes the cake for me. Like you can tell by the way he hugs his coach with such love after a performance. Like, oh, I can't talk about this anymore. I'm just going to get too sad to talk about the rest of it. And the rest of it is very good. So uh, we are very upset that he doesn't get a chance to skate at home for the Olympics. It's really a heartbreaker. It doesn't seem like according to the ISU rules, uh, he can even have a chance to qualify another spot for the Olympics at Nebelhorn. I think this is just it. And unless like some miracle happens next year and I don't want Boyang to fail, like, let me make that clear because I love both of them like so much, but like Boyang would have to like hardcore fail in order for him to go to the Olympics. And I don't think China will politic for him <sighs> either. So Which is like both sad and also I'm like, thanks for not putting pressure on him. Yeah. But like I don't want that to happen. I don't want Boyang to fail in order for him to go to the Olympics. I no, want both of them to no. go. You know what? Because the Olympics are in Beijing, maybe like I will just stage an Olympics just for Yanhan in Shanghai. And then I can, like, create maybe, like, a chocolate gold medal and he can have that. So. We'll be the Willy Wonka. Okay. Before we, like, get so morose you guys stop listening, let's move on. And let's talk about our our ninth place finisher, Kevin Amos, who, to the happiness of everybody, qualified for the free skate. His short program, uh, landing looked tight on the opening uh, quad toe, but huge triple it's triple toe uh triple axle was chaotic it was huge but he had to spin out of it but he saved the landing of it in like a sit spin squat and i was just like my quads are burning just watching you (laughs) 
He um, didn't put a hand down and he didn't fall though. So look, he's a master of that. He did the exact same thing in the free skate and he, <laughs> he knows where that ice is in proximity to his hands. Uh, great, great spins. Like always, the choreography was really, really unique. Pulled out an aerial on ice like nothing. His free skate was beautiful. It's to Lighthouse by Patrick Watson. He has a lighthouse tattoo on his forearm. Yes to the PCS is all I'm going to say. That ending choreo sequence is just mm, chef's kiss. Yeah, unfortunately, there were a ton of like just really messy landings on the flip, on the axle, on the toe. The quad toe was called under. The edge on the flip was called as well. Just a lot of things, a lot of small things that really just added up to a lot of just little errors here and there. Yeah, but the crowd was so behind him, which was just like awesome. I feel like maybe I hypothesize that part of the reason why men's free skate, um, especially in the later groups, was so awesome was because that there was a crowd to cheer people on, uh, you know, all the ladies and pairs who had finished and that just must feel good. You know, it's silence or just like a few claps amidst the silence is always just so awkward. So I think especially to uh, performers like Kevin, having that crowd there must have been really, really great for him. Yeah, uh, he ended up ninth in the short program, ninth in the free skate and ninth overall. Yes, and in eighth. I don't think a lot of us expected this. Uh, a special new friend. <sighs> Our special new friend who defied a lot of expectations, silenced a lot of doubters by finishing eighth, and that is Yevgeny Semenyenko, one of Alexei Mission's new up-and-comers. It was a good time for Mission here. Very good time. Evgeny is only 17. He did win the Russia Cup final, which secured his spot to Worlds alongside Misha Kolyada, and he beat out the likes of Dima Aliyev, Piotr Grumenik, uh, Makar Ignatov, Alexander Samarin. Alexander Samarin. Like, we love our Russian chaotic men. There are so many, like, there are so many people who could have gone to Worlds. And Evgeny went and he stepped up to the plate. His short program wasn't perfect, but it was enough to put him in a good spot to get Russia those three men spots for the Olympics. Yes, he was 10th in the short program and 7th in the free skate. And his free skate, he popped off with that free skate, let me tell you. Uh, He ended up 8th overall. His short program was, I am very into this bedazzled vest with the gold on the front. This is a good look. I'm very into it. But really, his Notre Dame to Paris free skate, he threw down the gauntlet. Like, Team Mission was on fire. He was the first person of uh, the men's free skate to skate clean. He stayed... I was so nervous because everyone had had big mistakes before him. And I was just like, Evgeny, please uncurse the ice. Come on. And he did it. But, okay, I did not realize he had a costume change in this program. Oh, I didn't... This is the first time I'm See, hearing about it's it. like It's very, like, Sasha Trusova, like a subtle unbuttoning of a top flap. And not a, a surprise clown. No, it was very subtle, and we appreciate the subtlety. Um, Thank you. Thanks, Evgeny. So his landings weren't the prettiest uh, on any of his jumps, really. But, hey, he got them done. He stayed on his feet. Uh, they were convincing enough. And, look... He showed everyone why he was the one, you know, given the last spot to Russian men's worlds. 
I'm going to shout out Mark Hanready again because he was just awesome. He said that, you know, again, he trains alongside lady silver medalist Elizabeth Tukhtamishova and he's also training mates with Misha Kolyada and hopefully Kolyada's skating skills quality will increasingly rub off on Evgeny. And I'm like, what a great comment to make. Like for a youngster coming up, that is just, <laughs> that's just so great. And honestly, he has such... Uh, kind of like a, a diamond in the rough feel that I think if Kolyadar skating skills rub, on, rub off on him, like we might be in for for quite a skater. Oh my gosh, imagine him and Yuma in like five years. I mean, not that I'm setting him up for pressure. Not that he's listening to our podcast, but imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Evgeny. Really enjoyed your skates. Well done. Let's move on to seventh place because from here on out, it was insane. I don't think I stopped crying from here on out. <laughs> Let's be honest here. I literally did not stop crying from here on out. Uh, the ice was uncursed with our good friend, not our good friend. I don't think he knows I exist. Thanks, Evgeny, for uncursing the ice. Thanks, man. Evgeny. You were definitely the right Russian man to send. Uh, but our friend Jason Brown in seventh place, um, seventh oh in the short program, eighth in the free skate. One of my favorite programs of all time and also one of my favorite programs of this season, Sitterman, uh, for the short program. I think everyone's in agreement that this is one of the best, if not the best, men's short program choreography of all time. And Jason like, just... period. Yeah, period of all time. And I would agree because it is a masterpiece. And if you don't agree, I'm so sorry that you have no taste. <laughs> so sorry my fingers were crossed <laughs> so tight for everything but he did so well 91.25 in the short program he cracked that 90 mark 46.39 in pcs which should have been 48 and above but whatever not really whatever like judges get your shit together oh, uh, no. but we all know that pieces no, no, here no. were just yes. as secure <laughs> as the bubble slaughter on 10th avenue free skate i have a lot to say about this first being that it was almost like watching this program with a fresh set of eyes, like I haven't seen it before. We know that Jason at US National said that he didn't feel 100% comfortable with this program, but I think with this extra time between Nationals and Worlds, we've seen him settle into it a bit more, and I, I wouldn't say it, it's his best program, and I think he, he knows that as well, but he skated it really well, actually. Stayed up on that quad salco. Oh, I screamed from that moment on. My life was forever changed. Uh, Look, it was. I think, I think, no one really cares at this point whether or not it's clean. He stood up on his feet. He actually he didn't get a downgrade. He just got it. Called he got called under. under. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> it looked effortless enough that other people watching were like, "Oh, he did a quad sal," and I'm like, "Hell yeah, he did." Yes, he did. Uh, it was such a big moment for him very very happy he was all week in training he was flip-flopping between whether to do the quad sow or the quad toe based on what felt good for him at the time that kind of just set the tone for the rest of the program didn't it it really did and you know kind of like we were saying like at us nationals i wasn't totally convinced of this program but like here i was like oh my gosh it was just such a moment and when he got off of the ice he was like i gave it all i got and tracy was like that was fabulous well done and i was like i need new parents i love <laughs> them so much they are such a good team best decision that's been made in his career i think in terms of landings 
wasn't completely perfect, but to an untrained eye, great performance. And like this program, although not comparable to Cinnamon, is still packed with ridiculous transitions. For example, Russian splits straight into a triple flip, gorgeous like Ina Bauer moments and edges towards the end, that freaking one knee slide turn thing. Come on, that's just ridiculous. Oh my gosh, it was really great. And like, I was not convinced about this program before, but I am convinced about it now. Although it sounds like he's not going to be taking this into Olympic season. I think he said that he was returning to an old program. I personally think it's going to be Schindler's List because I think the contrast with Cinderman would be great. But that's besides the point. I, I would agree. Like, this program is fun. I definitely think it's not an Olympics year program. No. I think it'd be great to see him maybe return to it in an maybe a post-Olympic season and just see how far he can take it because uh, it, it's got potential. But, I mean, if you put it up against Cinnamon and even Schindler's lists, it's not the strongest material that he and his team have come out with. But nonetheless, so, so, so proud of him. The crowd was going wild afterwards. And I'm like, as you, as should, you should be. As you should. He scored 90.8 in the PCS. And I was like... Hell yeah, but like... Still needs more. Make it 100. Still needs more. more. He scored 170.92 in the free skate. And I think this is the best he could have done. And that is the most you can ask for. So... Yeah. Oh my gosh. Before we move on to our next person, there were also... Did you see those people in the audience? I didn't quite catch their faces, so I don't really know who it was. But they were holding a humongous cricket club. Team Cricket Club. I was like, oh my gosh. Amazing. They made they made a banner and got it through to Stockholm. Maybe maybe Captain Bachenko helped them import some stuff. Stashed it onto the pirate ship, pushed it off the plank into Stockholm. <laughs> Just like Keegan Messing's cowboy hat, which we missed in the short program, and the massive Canadian flag. Maybe he did come with Alexei on his ship. <laughs> they all did. All's first. They mates. all did. Speaking of Keegan, let's move on to our sixth place finisher of this event. He, Keegan. Also love, also love so much. Uh, Like we said in our No Arp Worlds preview slash news episode, Keegan and his wife Lane are expecting a baby later this year. So again, congratulations. And oh my gosh, on the topic of Keegan and his wife, Lane, his short program to Perfect by Ed Sheeran, he was holding his wedding ring and I was sobbing at the end of it as I do. I didn't expect to cry, but then he made me cry and I was just like, Keegan, you suck. (laughs) I saw this program in person and I cried so much. There was a lot of crying. I can imagine because like... Even if you didn't know the backstory to why he chose Perfect by Ed Sheeran for his music for a short, it's still a gorgeous program and he skates it so well. But once you know the backstory, you're just like, all right, tissues time. (laughs) And it was great. Okay, so uh, in his short program, his quad triple toe, beautiful, triple axle, beautiful, my knees creak and squeak, so... Every time I see him, I'm like, I'm jealous of your joints. Good sir. I I honestly have a theory that Keegan doesn't actually have kneecaps. Either they got removed when he was younger or he just wasn't born with kneecaps. And I was just, I just don't, I don't think they exist for him because I just don't think they exist. Uh, His spins are gorgeous, beautiful, awesome as always. He really is like a full package skater, not in like 
the most conventional way, but he's very, very well all-rounded. It was definitely the right decision to send him. Canada made the right decision. Good job, Canada. Definitely. And November Rain by Guns N' Roses, he just cemented that Skate Canada was right to send him. It was a very uh, Keegan performance. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely very Keegan. Um, however, I saw that, is that like a whole bunch of tape on his boots? Like, are yeah. his ankles alive right now? Are they okay? His pants weren't long enough to cover the tape on his skates. And they also didn't cover the red socks he was wearing. Like, kudos to the red socks. Because he was wearing an all black outfit, we love the pop of red sock that we saw during the Hydro Blade. But yes, they were very, very heavily taped. I've seen skaters tape uh, their laces down so they don't come off flying during their program. But this was like a lot of tape. And there was also tape um, around the middle of the foot or or the boot as well. So maybe he's having boot problems. But who would have known? I would not have known. Uh, But a surprise red sock is much preferred (laughs) than a surprise clown. Very, very (laughs) very true. Take that for what you will. Um, It was... Not a perfect program, uh, the Guns N' Roses program. Uh, he stepped out of the triple axle. And then this flip, the double flip at the end with the edge call. Why? It was, okay, so so he was fifth in the short program and sixth in the free skate, sixth overall. Um, and his overall score was 270.26. And our fifth place finisher, Misha Kolyada, um, scored 272.04. And had Keegan not doubled that flip and not gotten the edge call, who knows? He could have been top five. But at the end of the day, he came to Worlds and did his job because Canada has two spots to the Olympics. That's what they were hoping for. I think uh, it was probably ambitious to try for three spots, uh, given our top four, five. Uh, I mean, Keegan definitely could have you know, made it up there, but two spots is really what they were gunning for. And he got that done. So like, job done. Oh my gosh, it was so, both of his programs were so good. Uh, the split jump in November rain, like if you- It's stupid. Oh my God, stupid It's so good. stupid how high it is. If you're a conspiracy theorist that you don't believe that people landed on the moon, Keegan Messing landed on the moon with his split jump. He is, he's an alien. It, he's an alien. I, I don't, he really puts to question, in my mind at least, whether he's human or not, because it's stupidly- it is stupid how talented he is. I have not seen Keegan this happy in a long time. Like, in the Kiss and Cry, he I was know. like, man, we did this together. I love you, buddy. Like, oh. was like, In interviews, he was just like, I can't wait to go home. I'm about to be a dad. And I'm just like, you're just living your best life, aren't you? It's the best version of Keegan Messing. Especially since he wasn't allowed to compete in the Virtual Skate Canada competitions because he lives in Alaska. Alaska. And they they couldn't send anyone to Alaska to verify his videos. And so he wasn't allowed to compete. We can't trust you. I was like, you don't trust Keegan Messing? You don't trust him? He wears a cowboy hat and a huge ass belt buckle. What's there not to trust? And he waves a 60-foot Canadian flag in the audience like a dad. Like, there's literally something wrong with you if you don't trust Keegan Messing. Like, okay... Anyway, he proved everyone wrong, whatever. So we love you, Keegan. So why don't we move on to uh, Mikhail Kolyada, who we were just talking about a second ago. He was our fifth place finisher. So we're moving into the top five here, slowly but surely getting through all the men. Uh, He was fourth place in the short program and fifth place in the free skate. And again, fifth overall. This was a very 
interesting competition for him. It was not his best. I think the only way you can describe this is interesting because going into Worlds, everyone knew that Misha had a very, very good shot at the podium. And okay, let's start off with his short program, I guess. It's our lovely green suited Let's Get Loud. He opened with a quad toe, triple toe, quad toe he did a three turn out of. And immediately I was like, I'm so interested as to why he didn't just make the quad toe his solo jump because the if he didn't the quad toe would have gotten positive goes like at least three on average right because the landing didn't look awful it didn't look awful at all and by doing the three turn it'll it automatically caps his goe and we know he's got a textbook lutz so a triple lutz triple toe will definitely give him positive GOEs because it's going to be great, right? And because Triple Lutz, Triple Toe would be in the second half of his program, he'd get a bonus. It was just interesting. I think, you know, potentially it could just be him trying to like stick to a plan and not having mistakes bother him like we have seen in the past. So I, you know, maybe that's part of the plan. And, you know, if that is, then fair enough. But interesting choice, uh, Easy as you like, triple axel, textbook triple Lutz. Here's a funny thing about Russians competing so much this season. I feel like Misha here didn't have that spark and normal kind of luster when he skates this program. It kind of felt energy levels were like probably at like a 75%. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like it was at Russian test skates. That bothers me. He peaked early. Like I think he peaked a lot earlier than it bugs me so much. Like he didn't just he didn't make the face like the let's get loud face the meme that one. It just didn't. It wasn't there. And I I mean it was good, but like just wasn't good there. Yeah, not as good as we have seen him do this season. In our world preview episode, I made the bold prediction that there's a high chance that Misha Kolyada wins the free skate portion and I was like so excited because it looked like it could be a possibility it really did because the start of the program was beautiful it was foot perfect immaculate and okay we all know everyone like the 99.99% of people who watch skating know that this is a masterpiece just like jason brown's cinnamon this nuriev program is Gosh, this nuriev program oh it is so beautiful. good like if he doesn't keep this for the olympic season then i will either venture to st petersburg myself and bribe him to do it or bribe the isu judges to bribe misha to bring it back either way it's gonna work we'll bring jennifer lopez to the boards to try and convince him to do we will do anything right We'll literally do anything. J-Lo and A-Rod. Oh my god. Imagine J-Lo and A-Rod <laughs> against Misha and his stone cold face. <laughs> That's why you, you risk by it. doing Let's Get Loud. You risk J-Lo showing up at your boards. It might happen. It should happen. But, okay, I guess first things first. Where did the blue Nureyev shirt go? I have questions. Why, why is he wearing a black tank top under mesh? I think I wore this in 2012. To wow. <laughs> Clubbing in the winter in Canada. This is what This is were. very like twelvies at Supre vibes. <laughs> we kind of love it. But also I it's very ballet, so I kind of get it, but like we all loved that blue Nori of shirt. 
has a great blue shirt. I definitely wore this outfit clubbing in 2012 in February. Let's, <laughs> let's bring it back, shall we? <laughs> yes, um, let's bring it back. So he opened up with literally textbook quad toe, triple toe. So beautiful. Then goes down the ring and does another beautiful quad toe. Like I swore multiple times during the first half of this program because everything was immaculate. And then half at the halfway point, <sighs> he does a triple lutz oiler, triple sow and puts a hand down. And at that point I was like, shit. And then the edge on the flip, Keegan and him with the edge on the flip. Weird ankles to try and save it. And the fall on the second triple axle came out of nowhere. I was like really hoping the hand down on the triple sow was just a freak event because it just, it looked so good in the air. I also will say that I think him and Mishin have a plan, which is, so we've all seen him do like the most perfect quad lutz in existence. No quad lutz this season. And I think a lot of the focus was getting him in the right mindset and training him to be consistent, at, you know, just with the quad toe. And if that's the strategy and for him to add the quad lutz, you know, next season, I'm here for it because we love a more consistent Misha Kolyada. I guess this competition in, you know, in comparison to a lot of his others, he was quite consistent. There were minor, minor errors, right? I mean, they were costly given the field, but we've already seen such an improvement over this season. If the plan is to, you know, go steadily, like be the turtle in the race, then I'm here for it. I don't doubt Mishin's got a whole strategy set out for um, Misha. They should also have a Mishin underscore house on TikTok. I can imagine Mishin being the funniest person alive and delivering all of these cracker things you, number one, (laughs) wouldn't expect him to say or do, and two, do it with a straight face, and three, do it with his nose poking out of a mask. Like, those threes are a given. Mishin started off so well at Worlds. We saw the mask over his nose, and just like we saw throughout the Russian skating season, that mask just progressed lower and lower and lower down his face. I'm surprised his mouth wasn't showing by the end of it. Maybe he played virus basketball with Maurice. Actually, I don't think that would literally ever happen. (laughs) I actually disagree. I think it did happen. And Maurice didn't post about it because Mishin beat him. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Maurice, let us know if this happened. Please let us know if this happened. Okay, why don't we quit virus basketball? (laughs) as Maurice should have in order to not be starring on spinning out. And let's move on to our fourth place finisher, Shoma Uno, who I am so happy about. I was very unsure about this man earlier on, but he, so in the short program, he was sixth, which I was like, oh no, what's going to happen? Um, But in the free skate, he was third. And overall he scored uh, 277.44 and ended up in fourth. Shoma, for me, did the most this competition. I wouldn't have called him a skater that I was a fan of, even like throughout the Olympics and up until like this competition. Like I appreciated his skating, but this competition made me really, really like him. And this Stefan-Shoma combination, I stand so hard. They should have like a Netflix show or like a documentary Dude, or something. I would watch, the I would watch that. I would watch that so much. Um, he, the whole time at Worlds, before he finished each of his programs, he looked at Stefan 
to see if he could react in a happy way. I stand this partnership so much. I I also like, I really like his programs. I'm really here for his EDM short program. It is so different from anyone else's programs, which is number one, like great. Number two, like it suits him so well. Uh, He did do a quad flip to open, did a quad toe double toe, even though quad toe triple toe was planned. Uh, Stefan was not pleased about that in a a comical way. (laughs) He was like, fight for the triple toe, please. And I'm like, oh, cool. this is so Stefan. Like his angry is adding please at the end of his request. <laughs> fight for the triple toe, please. Please. <laughs> yeah, we were in a whole club in this program. Me wearing my mesh shirt borrowed from Misha. Yeah. Um, and Shoma's knees because he's part Shoma's of that knees. kneecapless club. Uh, when he leans over and fist pumps twice in the middle of his step sequence, I just... It brings me back to those clubbing days of 2012 in the winter in Canada. I, we love those days, right? When we were so trash. I'm, I'm still pretty trash, to be honest. Well, you're but. unique trash as your Animal Crossing bio is. It's my Animal Crossing bio. When I fly into people's airports, I announce myself as unique trash. And, be- anyway. and because she visits my island frequently, my villagers always tell me, did you know that Squibbles' um, nickname is Unique Trash? And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> I know. Anyway, short program. Triple axle. He fell on. It was surprised out of nowhere. He tripped on like the heel of his blade of his free leg when he was like bringing it back. But things changed in the free skate. He's he took notes from Evgeny Simienka and just skated lights out. So he did. He skated to Dancing on My Own, performed by Callum Scott, and Your Last Kiss by Carl Hugo. Got me all my feels. He did a quad sound to open a little bit two-footed, I think, but the rest of the program was pretty fire. Uh, Shoma made me cry. Shoma's never made me cry, and I've been watching Shoma for a long time. Like, oh my gosh. Okay, Dancing on My Own, first of all, is a very sad song. He's dancing with Stefan now. He's not dancing on his own. Oh, <laughs> I'm dying. And like when he finished, he literally just looked at Stefan like Love innocently. It. Like he didn't know how to react. And then Stefan probably like gave him a reaction. And then he was like, okay, now we can be happy. He immediately turned his head as soon as the music finished to Stefan and was just like, yes, was it good? Like he, he put his fist up like, yeah, just to check. And then he's just like, okay, cool. Now I can bow and like be happy. And then big hug from Stefan when Shoma got off the ice. And I don't know if it was Shoma or Stefan who like said, thank you. And I was like, oh, this partnership. I am so happy for Shoma, especially since uh, it's been documented how tough it was for him to motivate himself to skate uh, a few seasons back. And I'm just so happy that he's found his groove with Stefan. I love them together. And when he got a score, overall he scored, again, 277.44. He looked so happy. He high-fived Stefan. This is so different from, do you remember, was it last, I think it was the beginning of last season. He was like sitting in the kiss and cry by himself when he was coachless. That was not a good version of Shoma. It was a very lost soul version of Shoma. But it's also like, so great that Shoma's back up and raring to go because it just makes the fight for men's podium so much more intense and interesting because a lot of people tipped him to be in third and he actually got beat by his compatriot. 17-year-old Yuma Kagiyama came in second place. He came 
third in the short, second in the free skate, and had a major upset. So Yuma is coached by his dad, which like Shoma and Stefan, I just stand this partnership so hard. I think a lot of people's highlights and like saved gifts of the event were Yuma and his dad just being so happy in the kiss and cry when Yuma got his scores. It was the cutest thing to have ever existed in Stockholm, I think. And his dad was holding his... I don't know if it was a dinosaur or a bear. In some angles, it looked more dinosaur. And in some angles, it looked more bear. But he was, like, holding his plushie in the kissing cry. It was like, stop. It was It was too <laughs> cute for words. I actually quite like his programs this season. I think they suit him quite well. Yeah, I do. The only small gripe that I do have... With his program is that in his avatar program, he has a green costume, you mother blue. Maybe he's just a tree. <laughs> I know we said that last episode. But There's I'm no shame convinced. in being a tree in the school play. There's but... no shame. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Some trees are awesome, right? All right, let's start with this short program, though. It is to Vocussion. He definitely made ways with this program. It was actually a lot of people's first time seeing Yuma skate. And boy, did he show them. He started out with a quad sow, triple toe, as breezy and as easy as you can get. A little scratchy on the landing of the quad toe. I mean, it wasn't as smooth as quad sow, but it was solid. And he, he's such an all-round package. His spins are great. Everyone was screaming on Twitter to give him a hundred plus and And they did. The judges came through for the first time and probably the only for time once. in the event. That's probably the one the one time that you'll hear that throughout He's, these four episodes. <laughs> he scored a hundred point nine six in the short program. Papa Kagiyama was you could see him smiling so hard through his double masking efforts, which like we also like Through all two of his masks. <laughs> we like to see that and this is a family we can we can stand and get behind. But really, that short program set him up for a great free skate, which is to, like we said, the Avatar soundtrack to which he wore a deep green forest <laughs> costume. But nevertheless, uh, he just flies across the ice. Ugh. So much momentum, especially going into the triple X, triple toe. He probably like over-rotated the triple axle, which is crazy uh stepped out of the triple axle he needs to calm down slightly just like keegan going into that he just needs to reduce his talent a little bit (laughs) just just a little slower um he was so happy he was literally like jumping up and down in the kiss and cry his dad was was, like waving his dinosaur plushie as my child does while she watches blippy (laughs) and the kiss and cry although it's a horse plushie probably yes except with her it would be a horse plushie um i one day strive to be as happy as yuma and papa kagiyama because (laughs) me too that's that's what i want to be when i grow up as happy as them as happy as you he has so much talent it is scary it is so scary how talented he is. Uh, scored 190.81 in the free skate, 102.39 in technical elements. Like one of only two men to crack the 100 mark in um, TES for the free skate. He surpassed so many people's expectations and definitely through spanning the works for a lot of people's betting pools by winning his first world's medal, a silver medal at his first world's like... At the medals ceremony 
It was so cute because he was just like looking at Yuzu the whole time. I was like, stop. <laughs> and he bowed, to Yuzu. he bowed to Yuzu. This boy is just like the most pure thing. Him and his dad. Yuma and Papa Kageyama are the purest souls on earth. I also like need to watch a clip of him and his dad just jumping with joy, um, realizing that he secured a world's medal on his debut. I need to watch that every single day. I do. Just like, affirmations and Yuma gif. That's what we need in the 100%. morning. Hundred <laughs> percent. Now he's entered into a lot of conversations that he has a real chance of being on that Olympic podium. And fair game. Game on, folks. Why don't we move on to, oh my gosh, I feel like we wanted to do this in this order, but let's move on to our bronze medalist, Yusuru Hanyu, and I hate saying that. It doesn't That's flow so weird naturally to say as well. out of my mouth. No, no it, doesn't. it doesn't. I dislike it. Um, so Yuzu was first after the short program. Uh, he scored 106.98 in the short, and he was fourth after the free skate uh, with 182.20, and um, that had him in the bronze medal position overall with 289.18. And, oh man, that was a lot. I was just in disbelief pretty much the entire time. I think Yuzu at Worlds was odd. And I'll say this because it started off not great in the first place. So so Worlds had everyone um, like staggered in terms of arriving like with specific dates. But... Japan actually had an earthquake on the day that Yuzu was planning to leave and it disrupted his travel schedule. Like the bullet train wasn't in operation, so he couldn't, you know, use it to get to the airport on time, had to really rush to reschedule his flights. So obviously that would just, you know, rattle anybody really. Uh, So he loses a day of practice first and foremost. Uh, secondly, he mentioned this in the press conference post free skate, saying that he spent a lot of time training the quad axle at home and probably overtrained it. That probably affected his showings here. Um, he also said that like you know, he plans to go home and really focus on rest and recovery before he gets back to training the quad axle because he really wants to be the first to do it. And I'm like, um, this is why Yuzu is Yuzu. With all of this. Recently, the 10th anniversary of the March 11th, 2011 Japan earthquake and tsunami that obviously impacted his hometown of Sendai. That was recent as well. So a lot of things happened in really uh, close proximity to each other. And so like, I don't blame him if he wasn't fully at 100% yuzu level. And I think that definitely showed, especially in his free skate. But let's talk about the short program first. Uh, Let Me Entertain You by Robbie Williams. For sure, one of my favorite short programs this season. So good. When he lands the triple axle and just how it correlates with the music, I was like serotonin, serotonin, serotonin. So much, so much. I feel it. Me too. This is also like alien level. (laughs) This is every single time. The landing, like the moment his toe pick touches the ice, it is on the music. Every time. It is like, it's not just like with them, it is on the music, like actually perfectly synced every single time. And it is nuts. Like if that, let me check the protocols because that should get plus fives. If it didn't, then like maybe the judges need actually new eyes, not just improved eyes. We have a lot of fives. So we have a five from judge two. Wait, judge one gave him a two. Judge one. 
one needs help. Are you serious? Uh, so yeah, we have fives from judge two, judge four, judge six, seven, and eight. A two? A two. A th- That's comical. Please. <laughs> well, maybe judge one was wearing Daniel Grassel's clown shirt. Clown. Um, <laughs> multi-purpose costumes. We love Strong it. possibility. Um, but yeah, so that triple axle, amazing. Quad toe, triple toe, beautiful, like butter. Uh, quad style was not perfect. Uh, a little bit tipped forward. So, you know, if you ask somebody, describe Yuzuru in one word, I think a lot of people will struggle. I have found the word to describe Yuzuru that just captures him and his essence perfectly. And that word is conviction. There is no other skater, I think even in skating history, who has as much conviction as Yuzu does. Even, you know, with that scratchy landing on the quad sow, he comes out of it like that was supposed to happen. He is so, like, just cool, calm and collected, but also shows that, like, yeah, I know I'm the freaking goat. Come adore me. Like, that conviction, obviously, you know, it doesn't exactly match up with what he presents uh, himself to be, you know, in interviews and off ice. But as soon as he steps on that ice, he just transforms. And I think this is why so many people love him, and rightfully so, because that conviction is unmatched and that's what makes him so great um let's talk a little bit about the free skate it's not okay just about the program it's not my favorite free skate of his however when he's performed it before i really enjoyed it this was just really he just had a bad day because obviously we all know that he can perform this and land all of these jumps. It was literally just a bad day for him. Yeah, so we have seen this program. It is enjoyable. I would agree with you in saying that it's, I don't think it's his strongest you know, free skate that he's done, especially in recent times. I even said that I'd rather see Chopin again, even though that's a short program, I know, and people are sick to death of it. This program, when he skated it, didn't feel like Yuzu. Regardless of the errors he made on the jumps, uh, Started out with a hand down on the opening quad loop, although like it did take me a couple of seconds to realize that he just did a bloody quad loop and it just looked too easy. I was just like, okay, open with a quad. Yeah, hand down. Oh shit, that was a quad loop. <laughs> like, okay. Um, then he goes to the quad sow, big turnout. It didn't register as a fall, but I mean, kept butt off ice and that's all that matters. Uh, big lean on the triple axle landed very forward uh and I think at you know by that point we knew that the title was gone especially because uh he skated after Nathan Nathan just we'll get to that uh to the end of the program he recovered quite well and did some um really really good elements but really just not not his best obviously I mean you could still see he is like a master of figure skating it just, it didn't feel like Yuzu Yuzu. Yeah, it was just not his day. He didn't feel like he was really like in his body, which is such a shame. Because yeah, Exactly. Li- that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Literally everyone that's listening to this knows that he can land these jumps, right? Like yeah. on on his best day, he's going to land every single one of these jumps. They're going to be flawless. Even like on like an average day, he's going to land all of these jumps and he's going to be solid. I mean, if the two Olympic medal gold medals he has, back-to-back gold medals doesn't show you that he can do it, then... I don't know what will, but despite him coming in third overall and getting beaten by his compatriot. He's literally going to be fine. He's amazing. (laughs) First, he's going to be fine. 
Second, he was supporting Nathan throughout this whole thing. He was supporting Yuma throughout this whole thing. He had a smile on. He knew that, um, you know, even if he felt so crap inside, this is just what sportsmanship and athletes, he's just the prime example. And no wonder, like, everyone loves him so much. Anyway, just not his day. Uh, third, bronze medalist user Rahanyu just does not sound correct. But that does not take away from Yuma's silver medal and also from Nathan's gold medal. And okay, we're going to preface this by saying it is possible to stand both Nathan and Yuzu at the same time. Which they do for each other. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and the, the cool thing about like their press conference, their interview was like both of them were like, I love my competitors. They're amazing. I wish the best of luck to them. And also, like, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so everyone needs to chill and not, like, focus on this made-up rivalry that you have between the two of us. But, like, go and wear a mask, please. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I mean, we get passionate fans. But also, please go and wear a mask. (laughs) There is no need to tear other people down just to prop who you love most up. It's also, like, not healthy and it's not what the skaters themselves want. Like, like I mentioned before, like skaters want to compete with their competitors who are at their best. Speaking of Nathan, let's move to him because, okay, he's like another one, just like Yuzu, who was really like giving us a roller coaster moment because that short program was a shock to all of us when he fell on that opening quad lutz. Which he doesn't usually. And he did a gorgeous one in the warm up. So this was really just like a the fuck just happened. Yeah. Another another fluke on his best day. He's not gonna he's not gonna fall. This is an anomaly. And another anomaly was that he lost like two levels on his flying camel spin. Not his day. And I mean this is another very similar to Jason with Slaughter on 10th Avenue. Not one of his favorite programs that he said it himself doesn't, you know, completely feel comfortable in it and I feel like it kind of showed here yeah he's always said like I'm really glad to do new things he was like I'm really glad that I tried this program I really appreciate the choreography Mm -hmm. but it's not my favorite program and I get that I I also appreciate that he's trying new things but you can definitely see that it doesn't like fit quite correctly with his energy because you know I feel like it's really clear when somebody doesn't feel completely comfortable with their program Um, But even if they like try to skate it to their max, right? But I feel like you could definitely see that when Nathan's skating skills didn't match up with people of the likes of Yuzu and Jason, Jan Han, Keegan, you know, the speed and flow and the knees, uh, it kind of really stood out in this performance that wasn't perfect, right? There were a lot of errors um, in places. So it'd be something I'd really like to see him add because it would be, it adds such another dimension to his already great skating, you know? But his free program, man, he did not show any sign of weakness. I was clutching my pearls. I don't wear pearls. I'm just using that as an expression. I was actually clutching my seat because I was, you know, haunted by number one Olympics, number two short program. And obviously as an athlete, as and as a skater, short memory is like so key. And there's no doubt in my mind that he was, he forgot about the short program and just was like so laser focused on doing the best free skate he could. And as Mark Hanready pointed out, Nate's been undefeated since after the 2018 Olympics. Since he won 2018 Worlds, 
he has been undefeated. So whether or not that played into uh, motivating him to throw down the gauntlet in the free skate, who knows? But I was literally shaking on the couch the entire way. Honestly, I added it immediately to my best of figure skating YouTube playlist because it truly was, it was like a performance of a lifetime, right? It was, it was literally one of the greatest things I've ever seen. <laughs> like in skating, I've, I've seen many a great thing, but like in skating, it was literally one of the best things I've ever seen. Like it was, I, oh, let me try and explain this without screaming into the microphone and causing all of um, your hearing to disappear. But he is skating to literally my favorite piece of music of all time. Like the selections from Philip Glass and like not many people know this cause I keep it kind of like, uh. and I've been wanting secretly wanting someone to skate to this for so many years. So, so many years. And like, I was blessed with Anna Shepakova using it in her free skate and Nathan Chen, like Philip Glass is having a really good skating season. Bless Philip him. Glass is having a good skating season. Give, give Philip Glass gold medal judges. <laughs> and so already this program, <laughs> I don't know why I want to say means so much to me. It really, like, it doesn't mean so much to me, but like it already holds. But like it does. <laughs> it does. It's already different from like other programs, like Rocket Man, Stella. It's amazing, but like this, I was just like, had a different connection with. Do you know what I mean? And okay, no, stop. I'm gonna stop you right there. Okay, I love Rocket right. Man. I want him to bring it back. <laughs> Anyways, that's what, what. What was the what was the thing on Twitter where um this one woman asked her daughter? No, her daughter was just like, oh, is that Nathan skating? And then the daughter was just like, is it Rocket Man? And mom was like, no. And so the daughter didn't watch. <laughs> I'm the daughter. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not the daughter. But like inside I am. I hold oh. that energy. So already I love this program and I just am so emotionally attached to it. And then swearing warning, already warning, because I swore a lot in my notes and I'm probably going to swear a lot in this because I like to use swear words as sentence enhancers, not as like swear words. And also I'm Australian, so please expect it. But starts off with a quad lutz. Bam, I was like, okay, he got the quad lutz voodoo out of the way. Then he goes and does a quad flip triple toe. Yes, cool. Difficult entry into the quad sow. Bam. Lovely step sequence in the middle of the program, level four. And then I knew what was coming up. In the practice sessions, he was doing quad toe, euler, either triple flip or triple sow based off of how he's feeling. But this time in the program, he does the quad toe Euler triple flip in the back half of his program, then goes and does a quad toe triple toe and then ends with a triple axle. And then then he busts the fuck out. (laughs) He releases the fuck out. And it is, I think everybody was just releasing with him too, but also like the amount of emotion that he and passion he gave to it. This, okay, this is Yuzuru level conviction, which is probably why it made this skate so special and what made it kind of like a, this will go down in history probably, or like one of the best skates of his career because of that kind of conviction. And holy shit, everyone knew. My brain exploded. Everyone knew. Even with Yuma and Yuzu coming up, I was like, I don't think anyone can beat this. I think he just won the gold medal straight up. I mean, he eventually did, but 
was crazy. Fuck. It was literally insane. Like, I have no words. He got a standing <laughs> ovation from everyone in the audience, rightfully so. Even Shoma was in the green room clapping so hard. He scores a ginormous 222.03 in the free skate, clocks over 300 in total, 125.89 in technical components, 96.14 in PCS. This performance was just... And then, of course, Nathan being Nathan, when he gets, you know, when he does the winner's interview afterwards, looks like looks like he's just disappointed that a grocery store ran out of stock of his favorite, like, snack. They didn't have mate, the cashew mate. butter in his brand. <laughs> mate, you just skated, like, lights fucking out. And you just hat-tricked worlds. Probably one of the best skates of your entire career. And you're just like, yeah. And I'm also like, that's just very Nathan. But, like, you just won one. I wish I could be chill like that. I'm not even chill like that when, like, we change restaurant plans. <laughs> I, like, have a full meltdown. Like, I wish I could be chill like that. And this is why we are the same person. If you guys do not spend hours looking at a restaurant menu before you go to that restaurant and then pretend that you don't know what you're going to order. Um, Can't relate. <laughs> I do that. I rehearse. I rehearse every social interaction. <laughs> anyways i was watching this interview it was like an instagram live with meryl davis um afterwards on the olympic instagram and she was like what are you doing he was like i don't know i'm just gonna chill in my room uh, refresh on some things that i forgot from my first couple years at yale and play my electric guitar i was like okay (laughs) sounds good and in contrast yuma kagiyama when asked like what are you gonna do you know afterwards he's just like Oh, it's a bit of a contra- contradiction, but you know, I want to go home and I want to work more because I realized that like watching everyone here, there are so many things that like, you know, I can't do and I have to work on. So I just want to go home and train hard. And you, and Nathan's just sitting there just going like, yeah, chill out, visit family, play guitar. <laughs> I mean, he is definitely going to go home and work hard because he's oh, Nathan, for sure. But, but just like, I just think that he has like such a great attitude that yeah. like, you his know, his chill factor is like not too like, chill. Like, he can't get up to the right temperature. It's, like, just constantly, like, yep. I don't know how to be chill like that. I think, I think. Maybe he needs a thermostat. Maybe we should gift him a thermostat for Christmas. A thermostat. (laughs) Here you go. Here's the thermostat sponsorship. Temperature by Sean Paul. (laughs) Skate to it for your exhibition, please. Oh, no. Then we won't see Rocket Man. No, don't do that, Nathan, if you're listening to this. Or maybe Don't just like that. keep Rocket Man. Maybe just like have a like Tessa and Scott, like Farewell Canada, instead of Farewell Nathan, because it's not going to be Farewell Nathan. Just be like Nathan rocks <laughs> and just tour with all of your awesome programs. We'd pay money <laughs> and we promise we'll wear masks and socially distance. So you've got nothing yes. to worry about. Okay. Are we done? This was a lot. I, I could also lot, talk man. about this like for the rest of my life and we probably will after we uh, stop recording, but yeah, it's literally three 30 in the morning. So I think we should uh, wrap this up. <laughs> All right. Let's go into our kiss and cry and recommend our book. All right, guys, we are just going to keep our kiss and cry short and sweet with our book recommendation today. And of course, so 
Yuma Kakiyama was definitely a highlight of the men's event, delivering an upset not many people would have bet their money or sour candy on. Uh, his performance this week for sure got people touting him as a future legend and someone with the potential to fill uh, Yuzuru Hanyu's shoes. And so the book we're recommending today is called Peace Route Chen, Future Legend, Skate and Sword. And this is written by the glorious sage master, Henry Lien. We follow our main character, Peace Route Chen, who dreams of becoming a legend in the world of Wu Liu, the art of martial arts figure skating, which is an awesome concept. Uh, Peace Route and her younger brother, Cricket, travel from their rural country of Xin to the city of Pearl, where they will attend the Pearl Famous Academy of Skate and Sword on Cultural Exchange. The competition is fierce, the culture and people are so different, and geopolitical tensions threaten to thwart Peace Sprout's goal to rank top of her class. This is a fantastic fun read that will have you laughing with its ridiculousness, gripped by the mystery aspect and even surprised by the deep messages and morals Henry hides in his book. Joss actually had the wonderful opportunity to interview the author Henry Lian on her book blog for Asian Heritage Month last year, and so she can confirm that he is as awesome as this book is. Again, this book is called Peace Bout Chen, Future Legend of Skate and Sword, written by Henry Lian. My interview with Henry was literally one of my favorite things that I've done. Uh, also, fun fact, he is buddies with Idina Menzel, and Idina Menzel wrote a Peace Bout Chen song for him, and is also uh, in the works of writing another Peace Bout Chen song for him. So, the power. Henry Lian and the Idina power. Menzel, imagine. I know that Henry is watching Worlds as well, because his research for his book was to go and get skating lessons as well as martial arts lessons. And now he's a fan of skating. So like, welcome Henry to this chaos. Yeah, I mean, he's always been a fan of skating. I So when I interviewed him, I asked him like, what are some of his favorite programs? And he has good taste. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, go to thequietpond.com if you want to read it. <laughs> Shameless it's a great plug, interview. It really is such a good interview. He went into a ton of detail. He's the coolest person, like literally one of the coolest people I've ever met. Yes, so. and that wraps it up for this episode. We have definitely talked your ears off, but hopefully you will come back and listen to all of our other World's Recaps episodes. But that's it for now. I'm Claudia and come chat with us at Let's Get Down Pod. That's L-U-T-Z Get Down Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to work with us, shoot us an email at letsgetdownpod at gmail.com. If you like this podcast and wanted to jump up and down and enjoy like Yuma Kageyama after the last two groups of the men's free skate, please leave us a five-star review and give us some love. We would really appreciate it. Thank you all so much for listening and we will talk to you soon. Bye.